Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Pete is tight end. And Raja Bell. Bell has done three three. 22 to Raja. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. All right, what's going on? Welcome to Cannell and Bell. Hanging out with Raja Bell. Big show lined up for you. Zion shoe deal. We're going to break that down because I think you love shoes. Right, and yeah. I think it's a fascinating conversation as far as what he's going to get. We'll talk about that. Coach Calipari getting that lifetime deal for Kentucky. What does it mean? Is there any value in it? Or was it just for show? Um, and we'll get some other stuff too. I want to kick it off here real quick because mm-hmm. we just were talking about the Yankees injuries as Miguel Andujar and Giancarlo Stanton have issues. Giancarlo Stanton on the 10 day issue with the bicep strains and Miguel Andujar, uh, with the possible, you know, torn later and could be more time out. Um, when you see that happen to any team and you also had Luis Severino had yep. his problem and strength. At what point do you start looking at your train, your strength and conditioning staff? Yeah, that to me is like, and I know we were playing Coca's probably like, what are they doing? But for me, like when I read all those injuries, at some point, I think the Yankees need to start looking at evaluating. Uh, like it's things aren't always bad luck. Now it could be that, right? But I wonder if they're training wrong or they're doing something in the weight room that's just setting these guys up to get hurt. Yeah, I would say it's kind of early in the season. I would chalk most of that up to just like bad bad timing and coincidence. But um, yeah, you would be prudent if you were a Yankee staff to just kind of reassess a little bit. Like you would obviously, when you see a string of guys go down. You are going to consult with whoever your strength and conditioning and your medical staff are and try to just figure out, you know, if there's anything, as I draw my pen, if there's anything going on, um, you know, that, that could, could be a common thread. It's why some of these guys are getting injured. But, you know, typically I think if you're going to be injured, like if you're any team, be injured now. Right. Be injured early. Yeah. Get off to the slow start and then let's be healthy and, and, and get rid of all of those injuries up front. My rookie year, I was on the Giants and they had a guy, Al Miller. I'll never forget his name. Al Miller. He was old school Olympic style. Oh yeah, Olympic style. Like yeah, snatch like, in. Yeah, hang yeah. clean. Yeah, they don't jerk. do that anymore. I hope not. Oh I, I hated it because I was <laughs> Mister Nautilus. Yeah, you know, like the machines. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, nice and controlled. <laughs> right, right. And he was all like, like throw him up over your head. Which, as a quarterback, I was like, what value does that bring right. to me? Like, and some of it is there is value, but I ended up messing up my back. Ah, uh, yeah, it, like screwed me up. And Maybe that's, that's, that's why, why my always... back feels the way it feels now. But you love doing those I, Olympics. Well, yeah. It, you know what? It took me from being like 175, 180, like regular dunks yep. to being like all over the rim, being able to do whatever I wanted to do, all because of that like explosive. fast twitch, like explosive. And so I, I, I was in, but now like clearly my back is <laughs> right. out. So maybe. Now we're both walking around like a couple <laughs> right. old men with our backs always yeah. have issues. All right, let's do some hoops talk because Zion Williamson – uh, most likely, I, mean, I think it's just got to be a, a made official when he announces, as you're seeing yeah. here, little other guys are starting to announce. I think he'll have a big press conference and he'll announce his intention to leave Duke. When he does, there was a lot of speculation over, of course, what team he's going to go to, what team drafts him first overall, but the shoe deal, yeah. which I think is fascinating because I think he's going to be a record-setting deal because of a number of reasons. One, because of his star power. Right. Like, we've already seen him explode on the scene because he had the Instagram followers and he had this amazing year at Duke. I thought he delivered on the big stage. Every time there was a game, I thought he came through. Um, and also because of the, the shoe that blew out. That was a Nike shoe. I think he has some leverage over the number one shoe company in the world who doesn't want to lose out on Zion. So I think if he has smart people around him, they probably have a pretty good sense of leverage and I think he probably will get a hundred million, which would be ten million more than LeBron James got fifteen years ago when he got the seven-year, ninety-million dollar deal. God, man, a lot of money. And he has, will not have taken one shot in the NBA. I know. Here's uh, you, you can't. 
just like I said with the front office yesterday, you, you can't miss on Zion. You can't be the guy who had a chance to sign him, whether you're a shoe company or a general manager and elected not to. If he doesn't pick you, that's one thing. But you can't be the guy because you, you just touched on all of the things that kind of line up for him, right? Like he, he has uh, exceeded expectation at the college level. Don't forget when we came into the season, RJ was the guy at, at yep. Duke. Like he, he just took the scene by storm. He's got all of the, all of the marketability boxes checked. Everything's in line for him to do great. Here's what I don't know. There are two things. Number one, um, is he going to be a star at the next level? To some degree, that doesn't really matter to the shoe companies. Like you get him, you you des- you design his brand, you build it out, and 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 um and and you know you take your chances with that. But here's the other thing: big men, and he's got to be a big man. And this is old school, stuck in the in the the way you're thinking type of mentality. But it's very real. They don't typically sell shoes like LeBron did. But he's not really a big. He he he's a ball handling. You he's better what be is? LeBron, or you have a chance of having a hundred million dollar like signing and a shoe not really selling. Right. Because not everybody's shoe sells. LeBron LeBron's shoes are probably my least favorite shoe because and we've talked about this. I'm like I don't like them. They're heavy. But he's LeBron. Funky. Right. But so if Zion, let's say Zion goes out and has a year. Um, where he does blow up and he averages 20 a game and he wins the slam dunk contest, do you think his shoes would sell even if they're clunky or do you think he, it's just the, the game has changed? I don't think he can have a clunky shoe. Nike's come a long way. Adidas, whoever it is, you can't make him a clunky big man shoe. You have to make him what Nike did with, so Nike puts out all of these shoes, right? And they got a big shoe that's sturdy and it's built for being in the paint. And then you have LeBron's that's kind of a crossover. It's heavy armor because right. he, he's in the paint a lot, but it's functional. And then you have like Kyrie. Paul George, Kevin Durant that are more sleek and they get around the court. Kobe's his shoe better be more in the in the lane of a LeBron's and down. Don't don't build him out a big clunky, a lot of air, heavy shoe, or it's not going to sell. See, I think the whole shoe blowout thing was just a fluke. Yeah, you know, like I think yeah, it was sure. kind of a freaky thing that happened. I don't think it was a sign that he can't wear the PGs to, you know, that he couldn't wear those again. Now, obviously, Nike wanted to make sure that didn't happen again, so they came and gave him this reinforced version. But I think he could have a similar shoe to LeBron. That's actually what he went to after, right? Didn't he go to those for a no, while? No, he went to Kyrie's. They, 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 Kyrie's. they redesigned the Kyrie. But the Kyrie's form. were slimmer, right? Aren't those one of the more Kyrie's a more line? functional, um, uh, get around the court type of shoe. Yeah, it's right. built for guards. So I think he can still have that type of shoe. I think what's going to be fascinating is what do these other companies throw at him? Because they're going to know, hey, if we come with a strong offer, maybe he does leave Nike. I think ultimately he probably goes with Nike. But, you know, who's to say that Puma, who gave Marvin Bagley a monster deal when he came out, doesn't want to make another splash? Or kind of similar to the line of thinking that Nike had when they signed Michael Jordan. It was, we need somebody who's going to elevate our brand to that next level. We'll do whatever it takes. And they, at the time, it was, hey, we're going to give him his own shoe. Maybe they get maybe Puma or... Adidas or somebody else not only gives him his own shoe, but his own clothing line. He's or, worthy you know, of a whole Zion line. I, are you, are you asking that now. or are you I, saying I'm asking because I am. No, I, but I think he's going to have that type of leverage. And I think, look, I think NBA executives are a whole different ballgame. Like, I think there's a lot more people that think like you do that are in front offices that are evaluating his game. Right. That are saying, ah, I don't know. But I think the shoe companies are salivating because they've seen his leaping ability. 
They've seen his star power. You know, they love him, the Zion, like he's a good interview. Like, I think he presents himself really right. well. I think he's, I think he's got all the it factor. And that's where the shoe company's going. But I think what's going to be interesting is that the stakes for the shoe company will be much higher than the rookie deal. Cause if right. he's taken number one overall, uh, last year, uh, Aiton got like four for 41. So about 10 million. Yeah, you're We're talking about a hundred million. Like, that's a way, yeah. like if you're the guy that says, no, we have to get Zion as a shoe company, you better make sure you're right. Yeah, I, I think he gets a hundred. You don't? I, I think he could get a hundred. Yeah, you're talking about LeBron getting ninety-seven years ago, which is nuts. No, no, no. That was in two thousand three. That was his rookie year. Oh, two thousand three. I'm back. Seven, right. Four, yeah, seven years, six, ninety. Yeah, sixteen which years is ago. Insane right. Insane to think about because that's probably like one hundred fifty million a day. Yeah, like with yeah, he's definitely going to get a hundred mil, and he hasn't done anything. I want to separate my feelings about what he could be at the professional level from. What I think he's earned. He's earned the right to be number one. Right. Like I, I said yesterday, I wouldn't want to be the, the 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 team picking first in the draft. Right. I would actually like to be number two. He's earned the right to have his own signature shoe and demand that kind of money. If I'm him, it's only Nike. Like that's all I'm really interested in is Nike because I know I've seen what they do with the signature shoe. If they are if they are promising me a signature shoe and a brand, I know Nike has the infrastructure and they're going to get that done. There's only been you're talking about Under Armour with 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 Steph, right? Yep. Uh, can you give me another signature shoe from somebody out there that's been really, really successful? Uh, <laughs> James, not even an athlete. No, James, James Harden has, James Harden's shoe doesn't do bad from Adidas. Right. Uh, Dame Lillard has a shoe from Adidas, but none of those are shoes that you see the general public clamoring for all the time. When Nike does it, they do it right. So I'm going with Nike. I'm just, so he's earned the right to do all of that. Yep. You just better hope he hits. You better hope he is what everybody thinks he is at the end of the day. Well, we never talked about Lonzo Ball was one of the, we never even considered that as a rookie shoe deal, like a player who was a rookie. It's not guy. a rookie shoe. I know deal. because it's such a fiasco, which it's, is, I think it's shut down yeah, now. It's, it's company. Such a complete joke. Uh, the big baller brand is what if there's a, uh, so here's the, here's the question. Cause it always comes down to money. If there is a hundred million dollar offer and let's say Puma, Under Armour, Adidas or one of these other companies comes up and they say, we'll give you 120. You taking it? Nike for a hundred million, one of those for one twenty. <sighs> I think I think twenty it's, million, but uh, I, but he'll all but it's a hundred. I, I think would it go with one hundred fifty. Yeah, I would go with if you were talking about Puma. No disrespect to Puma because I, right. I love Puma. That's why I gave like five options. Yeah, but <laughs> but uh, like if you were talking about maybe Adidas as opposed to Nike, and we're right. talking about twenty twenty five million, maybe if you were going to take a swing at a. You know, a, 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 a Puma or a, a like Pony one of these, like you saw a large one. It was Etonic. Etonic. You know, like like if you were taking a swing at something like that, now it would have to be more than twenty million. Like what if Pony? Remember Pony? Pony yeah, what totally. if they came back and wanted to make a, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What if they wanted to come back and make a splash? I think that's. I think it's pretty good too. I, I would love to be in that situation, man. I'd love to be in those rooms. Oh man, hear those negotiations take place because they're going to have some presentations that's going to be off the charts. Uh, yesterday we talked a little bit about um, the Knicks, Suns, and Cavs as potential options. We didn't talk about Chicago or Atlanta, right? Atlanta's becoming pretty intriguing because Trey Young has been pretty solid. He's yeah. been playing great, uh, especially as of late. And they're positioned to land two top ten picks, so there's a chance that they could actually get him. Do you think Atlanta would be a good fit for Zion? I think Atlanta could be a good fit for Zion. Trey Young is the type of guard that can really highlight Zion. You know, someone who can get him the ball and play make and, and catch him when he's, when he's going downhill and, and put him in positions to really be successful. I know Zion can create off the bounce, 
but you don't want him having to exist solely on on his ability to play make. I think Trey Young helps that. John Collins is a good young player. Um, Kevin Kevin Hurtcher's had a good season. You've got some pieces. Torian Prince a couple years ago. I, I think that's a good spot for him. But ultimately, I I do think. You know, if I'm looking at it from from a place, and I said the other day, I don't mean to contradict myself, that for him in a market, I thought the Bulls or the Knicks were the place to be, just with the market. That's oh, your for market. sure. Yeah. When you're talking about teams and the way they're built and structured, uh, I, I kind of like the Suns because they've got Devin Booker, who's a, a burgeoning star. They have DeAndre Ayton that's going to be a very good player in the NBA. They're missing the point guard, though, and I do think a point guard's a key ingredient to Zion being successful. Um, but uh, that could be a good spot, and I think Atlanta's a decent spot as well because I, I like Trey Young, and I think he's going to be a really, really good point guard in the league. It's going to be fascinating to watch unfold uh, when they when they actually do the uh, lottery process and see who gets to yeah. play first because everybody's going to be. Solid. Now you said you said the, the 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 Hawks can wind up with two, right? They get Mavericks if the Mavericks pick if it's outside yes, the top their five. Own plus the Mavericks, which is top five protected. They get the Mavs Damn. pick if it lands outside the top five, but Dallas has a thirty-seven percent to be uh, to get in the top four. Yeah, so I mean that'd Atlanta, be a big draft night for and the I Hawks. Thought, I, thought, uh, I don't know if it was Coca or Debo who said the Atlanta Hawks could be building like the Golden State Warriors because I was like, hey, if he goes to Atlanta, shouldn't they should they try to sign? I was asking you like, hey, can they get a Kevin Durant or Kyrie? And you're like, nah. But if you try to build for the long term, like build through your own right. the way the Golden State Warriors, like drafting Steph and Clay and getting these kind of guys and building them up, right. maybe that Atlanta team is somebody you should so buy futures it, on like three or four years down the road. Atlanta gets three and seven. And you're oh. sitting and you're sitting there like me with the first pick and you're like, I don't want to necessarily take Zion. You take the three and seven? I take three and seven. And that'd be I'd love see I would love I love deals. I love drafting yeah. deals. I would love to see somebody package that I'd up. I'd take three and, and seven to get Zion. You would. I mean to, 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 to not have to take <laughs> Right. Right. But you could be who was it uh who was it that everybody who was it went to uh after Jordan or before Jordan? Who was the it, guy that Sam Bowie yeah, and Sam um, Bowie was like the famous because the other one was Sam Akeem Bowie was, or and, nah. somebody good. That yeah, was Akeem, but it might have been. It was Akeem, yeah, I yeah. think. Yeah, but it was like a good pick, but the Sam right. Bowie pick was obviously mm-hmm. one. It was like, I can't believe you guys did that. Um, we were talking about shoes. I was not aware that Odell Beckham had his own cleat. Yeah, it came he out last year. signature, which is a tough sell because you can't wear it around the mall. Right. Or right. to the movies when you're kicking it. You can. You um, just get, uh... But his <laughs> of, uh, era officially began in Cleveland as they walked him out, had the press conference. Yeah. And not only was it Jarvis Landry. But they had, or excuse me, not it was known Adele Beckham. They had Jarvis Landry. They had Baker Mayfield. They had jo- everybody was yeah, there. Miles Garrett. And this is the honeymoon. Oh yeah, this yeah. This is yeah. the honeymoon period. Everybody's happy. The more I think about this Cleveland team, who I loved, I was Super Bowl bound. Like they can be a Super Bowl contender. You're out now. No, I'm not out. I'm nervous because I don't. Anytime everybody piles on and everybody thinks it's going to be the best thing, it usually falls short. Like the expectations get to be too high. So it's I'm nervous for the Browns. Like I think there's a. Like Freddie Kitchens, how does that work out? And more importantly, how do they handle adversity? Right. Because and like I thought the last year the Rams, they went all in. They got some players that had big egos, that had a little bit of a checkered past, similar to what some of the Browns guys have done, and they went for it, they swung for the fences, and they got there. Almost had the Super Bowl. But their year was pretty good. Like they didn't have to face that much adversity. I just wonder. The other thing too, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday, is Cleveland is a city now who you know, last year it was all icing on the cake. Like, man, we got seven wins. This is awesome. Like, we're now their own fan base is starting to think, hey, we're going to win our division. Like, we're supposed to win our division. We've got these types of athletes. We should win. And when the expectation changes, 
when you start, if you lose a game, all of a sudden you're taking heat. The fans are booing instead of saying, great job, nice try, we're getting closer. No, that's not the way it's going to be, which makes me nervous to see what happens when they face that. I think those are all valid points. When, right. when there's a level of expectation, it, it definitely changes the pressure surrounding your team and the pressure that starts to mount in that building and so on and so forth. What I thought was interesting and, and why I, I, I think you have a reason to have pause and concern, right. Right? but I really liked the press conference. Typically, you know, those things are a me, me, me show. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're coming in and, and, and celebrating this personality that's coming to this team and he's going to change everybody's fortunes. This was like a kumbaya type of deal. Like yeah. every, but the, you had, I, I just, I, I, I really enjoyed the, the camaraderie that was in the room. It, it, it looked like they had, you know, the team in mind, not necessarily just the celebration of Odell Beckham Jr. This was going to be a we thing. And that mentality, I think, can go a long way in sports. We talked about it yesterday with the Lakers. I I think that that can go a long way, and especially when you're dealing with Freddie Kitchens as a first-year head coach. If you're going to give him a team of guys that will play for each other versus a team of guys that are playing for their next contract, that's a much easier road for a coach to navigate. Part of coaching at the professional level you know, maybe not football as much because you've got so many guys. Is navigating those egos and making sure Absolutely. you carve out a little piece for everybody that needs a little piece. When you've got a collective we that's playing for each other, it, it takes some of that off of a coach's plate, and he needs less on his plate than more going yeah. into next season. Uh, definitely was this kind of honeymoon period has taken place. Jarvis Landry said he cried. I mean, his quote was, "I mean, I just cried. I called Beckham. I talked to John Dorsey, their general manager. I cried with John. I cried with Freddie. I cried with Beckham. Like he's emotional. It's a lot of crying, bro. It is a lot of crying, but Jarvis." Is pretty emotional, dude. But I think it's one of the best stories. Like it's one of those sports stories that you can only see happen in sports when you see two guys who played at rival high schools. And you know, Nike did a fantastic job of creating an ad showing them side yeah, by side great. with how similar they were teammates at LSU. And I think it is really cool because I guarantee you, just having been in a spot when I was in college and the way guys talk to each other, and you'd be like, man, it'd be so much. It'd be so cool to play one day with another. Right. I had a couple opportunities to play with former teammates. Um, but it wasn't ever a position that I played with or an, even an offensive player. It was like guys on the defense side of the ball who I wasn't extremely tight with. Mm-hmm. It was still cool. But imagine like in a receiver position, you're a tight knit group. I could imagine them after practice or, you know, kicking it in college in the dorm room. Like how cool would it be one day? We're going to make it one day. Yeah. And I don't think they ever thought they were going to make it this big, but to have them reunited, like I think they're worth rooting for. Like, and I'll be rooting for them because it's sure. a fantastic story. And it's Dan- a ton of Danny, this is going to be like when, when you get to actually run on the ticket to be a vice president with your, that's right. Favor. Me and my man Wayne yeah, Messam, we're going to reunite. I can just hear when he unveils me at the uh, Democratic National Convention yeah. and it'd be my running mate is Danny Cannell. We go way back. We'll Cry together. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. We'll be up there for sure. All right. Welcome back. Canel and Bell hanging out here talking some NFL. So before the break, I told you that I had the uh, solution yeah, we got. for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think it's a pretty simple solution. I think Ben needs to stop yapping. Just He has gotten himself into so much trouble over the years from opening his mouth. Right. When he speculated about retirement. Anytime he talks about his injuries, he loves talking about his injuries, self-diagnosing. Hey, I like kind of plays up the toughness mm-hmm. card, like how tough because he loves diagnosing himself. Um, and this past year, I thought was the most egregious example because it didn't involve just him; it involved his teammates. Sure. He started throwing dudes under the bus left and right, uh, saying Antonio Brown shouldn't have gone on the outside. He should, you know, should have let the defensive uh, the DB uh, cut him for the interception in the game. Called out James Washington, said he's got to make that catch. And I'm giving the recap; it was much more expanded, and it, I thought it was even worse than it came across on radio. I think he needs to stop doing his radio show because a lot of these comments take place on his weekly hit. There's not a lot of money in it. He's made; he doesn't need the money. 
I understand why guys do it. Uh, Tom Brady was asked about it. Coke and I were talking about this before the show. Brady was like, why do you do it? Because I think they typically get anywhere between 25 and 50 grand. Mm-hmm. These are guys that make millions Correct. and millions of dollars. So they're not doing it for the money. Brady said, you kind of do it to help out your local affiliate because the local is usually a flagship station that airs the game. So you do it kind of help your ownership, help, right. help the team. And then Brady said you can control the narrative, which I think Brady does a good job of. You don't have to worry about media. You know, you can get your voice. It's your words. And you kind of control the narrative and say what happened in a game or steer the conversation the way you want. The problem with Ben when he goes on his, he steers the conversation in a way that makes him look bad. Right. I think he needs to shut it down. And I think even the Steelers should shut him well, down. Well, that was what I was going to ask you. And, and in terms of controlling the narrative, you have to be savvy enough to control the narrative. You, you, you want to get out there something that, that, that is, that is beneficial to you and the club. And, and Ben has done just the opposite. So my next question to you, and you just touched on it, would be, it, do you think Ben should shut it down, or do you think the Steelers should step in? Well, ideally, good. Let's let's just let's just think about this, Ben. Right? Is it right. really worth it to be? You know what I mean? Like, should you be doing this? Right. Uh, that's funny. He said he was talking to uh, Brady Quinn, not Tom Brady. Uh, so Brady Quinn was the one who had that quote, but Tom right. Brady obviously does right, right, his right. weekly show. Um, but he's right uh, in the fact that you don't make a lot of money and you do it for the same reason. But to your point, how many guys do you know? That are superstar athletes like Ben Roethlisberger is that are really self-aware. Not, not, uh, not. I don't think the they are because of them. I don't. I think it's a rarity that yeah. you find a guy who's exceptions self-aware. to the rule. Exactly. So I don't think Ben thinks it's a big deal. I don't even know if it's got to him. Like some of the criticism, like he has somebody run his Twitter account. They block everybody who says anything bad about him. Right. Uh, I don't think he's aware of the some of the heat that he's taking. So that's where I think either his people, uh, his agent, his whatever he wants, you know, whoever he wants to refer to. Or the team needs to have that discussion and say, because I think there's a way you spin it. You need to give your Ben, you say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm focused on a Super Bowl. I'm taking everything. I'm spending every spare minute I can on the Super Bowl. I'm not sure. worried about, you know, spending time with the media. I'm going to give you guys all you need in our media sessions. But for me, I need to focus on the Super Bowl. That's all we have to do. Yeah. And if you're, if you're spinning it to Ben and be like, Ben, there's really no need for you to be out here doing this, man. We want to take some stuff off your plate. We really want Absolutely. to make it his idea to not do it. Like, is it really worth your time, Ben? You don't really love doing that show, do you? Right. You know, we're, we're going to take it away, man. You, you're not obligated to do that show anymore. <laughs> right. You know, and he seems like the type of dude to be like, yeah, you know what? You're right. Right. I don't want to do that show. <laughs> right. Perfect. We're good. Did you ever do a, a, a like a, a weekly radio hit? I want to say early in my career, I did a thing in Dallas where, where I had a weekly show, but it wasn't, make no mistakes. It wasn't the Raja Bell show. I was, I was like a weekly guest on somebody's show, I think. Right. You know, and I gave a little insight and we went to a restaurant and stuff like that. I did a weekly hit. Did you? Kind of, it was like the quarterback hour. Monday, Monday morning quarterback. I was a backup. I think I got about 15 grand. As See, backup, that, I wasn't making great money, so I did it for the money. I, I like, would have done a show for 15 money. racks. Yeah. And it was only, I would go in, I would go in if we were in town. Mm-hmm. If I was on the road, I would just call up. Like Ben, Tom Brady, they don't go in. They call in their call. Up. It's a 15 minute phone call. So like, you know, they probably get paid, you know, 50 grand. It's a lot of money. They don't need it, but I did it for the money, but it was on cool 105. Oh. With, uh, JJ McKay. Okay. Like the voice and the coach. Like those are the, the JJ McKay and the coach. coach. Yeah. That was the morning show that I was on. Nice. But the thing that I probably shouldn't have done, cause I was a backup and I was given, you know, opinions on everybody. Like, uh, and like, I should have just, you got to know your role. Tone that down a little And bit. your role as a backup quarterback is not to have a weekly radio show, not, even though it probably, it got me a little interested in broadcasting. Right. And helped get me some reps. Probably not the smartest thing to do as a backup quarterback. You just shouldn't be talking about, Hey, our offense struggled because of this. When 
It probably doesn't look the best coming from back. Yeah. Sometimes you have to take uh, shots at the quarterback, you know, and not in a critical way. It's but one like, thing when boy. you're the quarterback. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It becomes a, a we right. thing and not a, and not a they thing. Right. right. There's yeah. a backup QB. You probably just keep your mouth. <laughs> kind of like the punters and kickers. You should just know your role. Uh, as everybody's getting these extensions that are handed out, uh, you know, Antonio Brown, uh, got his new money handed yeah. away. Didn't have to do it. I think Odell Beckham will probably get some added to his. A lot of guys have a priority that they want to be the highest paid receiver in the thing. Is it an ego thing? Whatever it is, is it a money thing? Whatever the case is, it seems like it's it's something that guys want. I think it's more specific to the wide receiver position. Do you think <laughs> it does feel? I like mean, it? I'm sure everybody has a guy in their position tree that feels like that, but it feels like more wide receivers are interested in being the highest paid receiver it than does, any other position. It does feel that way. I think it also probably comes from agents who want to sell themselves as getting my client the most money. Um, so I think that has to do with it, but I do think, I do think receivers probably a little bit more smack talk in the offseason. They want to have that kind of uh, ability to say I'm the highest paid. Well, Julio Jones, who's currently is the fourth highest paid, uh, wide receiver as far as guaranteed money at signing with 35 million has said he doesn't care about being the highest paid wideout. I, I say good for him. Like I, I think it should be the least of our priorities. I think you want to get your fair market value. Which a lot of times can get skewed because you locked in a deal earlier. Julio Jones got an extension last season because he voiced his displeasure and the Falcons, they were able to work something out. So I think it's, I think it's refreshing to see a guy who says it. Now I think he's definitely saying the politically correct thing. Like this is what fans want to hear, your ownership want to hear. But I take him at his word. I say good for him. He realizes he's probably paid around where he is. He's probably around the third or fourth best receiver. Some people might argue he's the first. But I think production-wise, he's been around the third or fourth, so I think he's getting fair money. So I think it's it's perfectly fine for him to say, you know what, I'm good where I am. Yeah, totally. You have, you have to factor in a lot of things when when you're dealing uh, with Julio Jones too. He likes where he is. He likes where he, he lives. Right. He he. There's been a modicum of success there in Atlanta. You're not talking about a guy who's playing on a terrible team with a terrible organization. In which case, your priorities might be make me the highest paid guy. Like none of this around here is great. You're you're in a really stable environment that you appear to enjoy. There's no reason to need to be the number one uh, uh, paid wide receiver or, or any position. Like you've made a lot of money, you're going to continue to make a lot of money. Pay me, you know, within the average of the top five, top six receivers in the NFL. I really like where I'm at. I'm going to help you help me, so we all can make this work and we go try to win a Super Bowl. I love it. And it seems like they have a pretty good relationship with the Falcons. They didn't extend him last year, but remember they kind of reworked his deal and they gave him like a couple million extra bucks. Yeah. It wasn't a massive deal. And Thomas Dimitrov, the general manager, has indicated uh, to Julio Jones uh, that they would revisit the, the contract this offseason after the team adjusted Jones' deal uh, before last season. But again, his agent, Jimmy Sexton, one of the biggest power players in the business, probably will try to get him the biggest deal. Because a lot of times... It, That's his job. Of course. That's of course. his job. Julio's job is to say the right thing, right. what he did. But a lot of times, it is timing. Because... It's it's just the latest contract, the way because the salary cap increases, things go up. It's the most recent wide receiver is the guy who becomes the highest paid. Here's the thing I don't want to hear from Antonio Brown after somebody else passes him. Don't tell me in a year or two, hey, I'm not the highest paid receiver. You agreed to your deal. Right. Like, it was a good deal. Like Take it and be happy, which seems like Julio Jones is uh, in that spot. All right, welcome back. Ken Ellen Bell hanging out here talking a little college hoops. Coca, our producer, who has really been toughing it through this back injury, said the first half of the show was not very good. Right. So we got to amp it up. All right, all right. All right, let's mm. bring it. Let's, we're going to mm. bring that. We're going to bring it home in the back half of the show because we're going to deliver. So uh, for all our listeners, this, this is, I, I do want to, I want to say this because yeah. this is my first go around with daily. Yeah. Yeah. When there's not a whole lot going on. Right. 
It's tough. It is tough. I had no regard for guys I listened to on the radio or anybody. Right. I really didn't. I'm just like, And they uh, do three hours. It's incredible. It's, it is. Like, what are you going to – you're just trying to fabricate <laughs> stuff to talk about? Sometimes, yeah. yeah Sometimes you great. have to create, uh, you know, stuff. I'd say some shows have made a lot of money off creating debates. Right. right. And yell at each other about it. But that's not what we want to do. No, that's no, no. Actually, I do enjoy talking about, like, the shoe deal for Zion. Right. And it's it's one of those days where there's not a lot of games to react to. It's baseball, which nobody likes listening to. Sure. Uh, you know, for an entire hour. But let's say the Julio let's, Jones. Did you really love talking about Julio Jones a second ago? Um, no. All right. No, exactly. Okay. You can say no. Right. You can say no. Well, let's let's bump it up. Right, I do right. like talking about John Calipari, sure, who is getting a lifetime contract. The reason I like to- uh, talking about it is because I think UCLA made a massive mistake or a massive miscalculation of what it would take to lure John Calipari away. Yeah. John Calipari made nine million dollars uh, this season as the head coach. Do you know what UCLA offered him? I, I did. Six years, forty-eight million dollars. Do you do your math? I do my math with my fifth grader every day. <laughs> it's only eight million dollars a year. If you're trying to get him to go away from Kentucky, you would think you'd probably have to double it because when he goes to L.A., it's going to be twice the cost of living. He's got a really good setup there. UCLA has been a mess. Why don't you offer him more than six years, $48 million? That's a joke. I wish I had a good <laughs> I mean, follow-up to I that. Think, There's no – that I think makes that's no arrogance. sense. I think it's arrogance. I think UCLA – Arrogance? Yep. UCLA? I think, I think we're a storied program. We have all those championships under John Wooden. Like, we are – we're UCLA. You can come live in L.A. You have a better city. You can recruit California. I think it's arrogance. That, yeah, that's or, more than arrogance. That or, man has put out 19 okay. lottery picks – since he's been in Kentucky, the next two guys, uh, uh, Tom Izzo and 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 Shashevsky, yep. have 19 in total. That you're not offering him anything there by way of a recruit or facilities or any of that that's going to get him to leave for less money. You have <laughs> to be one arrogant, you, <laughs> bro. It's either that or they're really cheap, and they thought they had. A then don't chance. waste his time. Well, that, that's what I think. A lot of times, I do wonder because the deal was reported, um, according to Athletic Seth Davis. I do wonder if this is like one of those ones where Kentucky got played a little bit. Possibly. You know, the agents start talking. They talk to reporters. They float out figures that are running around there. Kentucky fans flip out. Although they weren't, they haven't been thrilled lately, uh, with the lack of success. Only one, cha- all those guys you mentioned, only one championship to see. Yeah. Before. Um, but I think there is a significant portion. They're like, we can't let Coach Cal go. No. So they're saying, all right, we give him the lifetime deal. The other thing about it too is the lifetime deal was pretty interesting because He's 60. Like, they probably, like, it's not that uncommon. John Gruden got a 10-year deal with the Raiders. Right. It's not that uncommon to see coaches get these longer-term deals. But I guess it's good to so, John Calipari. Yeah, I, I like, I like Cal. Cal's a, Cal's a cool dude, man, and he's, he's a, he's a down-to-earth guy. I mean, all of those guys have their own, you know, their ego. That's why they are where they are and they're as good as they are, but a pretty down-to-earth guy when you sit down and talk to him, knows his basketball. You can debate all you want about you know, their success there and, and, and whose fault that is. And I, I talked about it the other day on the show. You're playing with freshmen all the time. It's not in a one and done scenario like the tournament. You're rolling out there with five freshmen or four freshmen and a sophomore. I know that wasn't their team this year, but you're not going to sustain levels of, 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 of championships with, with that formula. What he does do is prepare young men to go to the NBA and he's yep. got a great track record of doing that. Um, you know, there were a couple guys I, I asked Coca before if there were any other comps in, in the NCAA with lifetime deals. Apparently there were reports that Shashevsky got one from Duke and then who was the other one? Um, um, uh, the lifetime Bob deal. Huggins at West Virginia. Cause I, I thought it was unprecedented, but apparently it happens. And what's lifetime? I mean, you, you think if John Calipari gets offered $15 million to coach the, 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 
you know, Atlanta Hawks in, right. in three years, he's not leaving. Yeah, he's leaving. Like, good for him, but you know he's bouncing if something that great comes along. You know the other thing? If he has two sub-500 seasons, Kentucky's probably walking Co- Correct. Away. Like, there's a lifetime deal as yeah. for recruiting. Right. That's what they're doing. That's that's exactly what this is for. It's to tell those recruits that are coming through there, he's not going anywhere. Would, he's going to be here, and there's nothing you have to worry about. That's what it's for. Because in the seedy underworld of recruiting, there's a lot of, hey, come to us. Our place is great. But there's a, loss of, there's a lot of negative recruiting where they take shots at everybody else and say, hey, sure. this guy's not going to be. Are you kidding me? Coach Cal, he's going to UCLA. Or he's going to take the next job at the Atlanta Hawks or whatever team it is. Uh, it's absolutely that's what's going on here. It's to try to clarify that for the recruits. They're saying, "Hey, no more rumors. Let's put this to bed. Let's give them a lifetime deal." Bobby Bowden. I don't. I don't know if it was official or not, but he would have been the closest thing to a lifetime deal. But when he got to be eighty years old, even the Florida State faithful were like, "Hey, it's time to move on." And this and his deal takes him through. Like, there's a place for him in the. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't just center around coaching. Essentially, it's like he he coaches until. He doesn't coach, and then he's going to roll into some kind of right uh, you know, administrative role, role yeah, or something like assistant that. Athletic director or something right. like that. I do think UCLA is finding themselves the dumbest a, thing I've ever heard. Well, also it's a dumb it, thing. If it, you're going to swing at Cal, you better make sure you get him because now they floated out these numbers that they can afford eight million a year, and they've all it has been reported that they're cheaper, right? Like they don't. Uh, I don't think they chartered uh, planes for their team. Like right. they just don't. Their facilities aren't that great. I think, you know, it's, it's kind of been the MO that, that UCLA is not willing to pay. Now that they've showcased that, and now they're going to have to go after their second and third choices. Yeah. And they're just, it's going to be a bad the, look for them. Yeah. You're open you know? up the paper. I, I really hope that they were complicit in, in, in getting Kentucky to take a bigger swing at Cal, and this wasn't them really offering. <laughs> I know. I really, right, because that's the dumbest thing you've ever heard. If you wanted somebody to leave, you better bring more money. Um, speaking of leaving for more money, and if you like talking about Julio Jones contract extension, I know yeah. you're going to love Bryce Harper talk. Uh, I know how much you love about <laughs> baseball, but aside from, Hey, Philly's win total, we're not going to break that down, but Bryce Harper is going back to DC. Mm-hmm. Obviously the team that he left. Uh, he did a lengthy, uh, sit down with the Washington Post. Barry, how do we say this last name? Svaluga? Mm, yep. Svaluga. Yep. Svaluga of the Washington Post. And he had some really interesting, uh, quotes. I think Bryce Harper needs to do a better job of portraying himself as a better teammate. Okay. Uh, he didn't have the best reputation as a teammate. I think it's one of the reasons why the Nationals didn't win. They were always one of the most talented teams, a favorite every preseason. The teams want uh, to teams to reach the World Series, and they always underperformed. I think it was specifically because Bryce Harper, as a leader in that locker room, was a guy that guys didn't like. Right. I've taken some heat, but let me. I want to have you read this headline right here. Uh, this is from a couple years ago. You see that right there? Yeah. Let's say right there. You can read it. As ESPN radio host calls Bryce Harper a selfish player and a jerk. That was in 2016. That was yours. <laughs> that was hot take Danny. That was hot take Danny from back in the day. But I do think he's a selfish player. Jerk is a strong word, especially if I've never met him. Right. But a lot of the articles you read about him make him seem like he's more worried about his brand. He's It's kind of the millennial superstar. More worried about his brand. More worried about fashion. More worried about anything. The one thing I'll say about Bryce Harper, I still do think he plays hard. I think right. he trains hard. I think he wants to be individually great. I just don't know if he wants to be a great player. And I think he's going to get an earful from the D.C. fans. I think they're going to boo him he every should. single time. Yeah. I think he should. I think that's fair. They should. Yeah, th- well, yeah. he should get the earful and they should yeah. voice their displeasure with the way things went down. That I think 
All of that's fair. I do also support the fact that he had an opportunity to leave in free agency, and he decided he wanted to go to Philadelphia. Some of the things that came out about him signing in Philly, the deal that he signed, yep. uh, about him you know, not wanting the opt-out and not wanting, uh, uh, and wanting the no trade because he wanted to be somewhere secure and not have to move again, I, I think that speaks to the other side of him a little bit, right. where he wants to be a good teammate and ingrained in the fabric of what they do and in the community. And so, you know, if you were looking for anything to 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 kind of uh, not support what you said there and 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 paint him in more of a, a a leadership light, maybe that would be it. I think he made a mistake because marrying yourself for twelve years, right? That was thirteen years. What's his deal? Thirteen years, three hundred thirty million. That's a long time yeah, for an organization. Business decision wise, right. maybe not. <laughs> I think he should have taken the Dodgers deal, which is a shorter term deal, it would have been for four years. It would have smashed the average annual value. Mm-hmm. And then you could have struck it rich again. You could have said, all right, if I like LA and I like this team, I can stay here, make a deal with them. Or you could have revisited everything. Yeah. I think it was really interesting though that he said he got it, it was a grind, like getting asked all the time. Look at what they did to Kevin Durant earlier. See, remember he was so tired. Yep. You guys making up these stories. So I do think it says something. Maybe that was a mature decision. I think financially it was probably a, a decision that's a little bit puzzling. I mean, obviously you got three hundred thirty mil in the bank, you know. But you're not going to question it. Literally two weeks after Mike Trout got four hundred thirty million, so there's more money out there that he probably could have surpassed. But I'm not going to knock a guy for saying, "Hey, I want to stay in one place," because that is. That is really cool to be able to have that type it is. of security. I think it's great, and I think it speaks to when you're trying to repair an image to some degree, or you're, you're, you have questions about a guy's personality. That 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 sheds a different light on it. I will say, for a guy in his prime, don't don't lock into that. You want flexibility, right? You, you want you want to be able. I'm not even talking about just purely numbers. You you want to make sure you're in a place where, you know, they'll continue to surround you with talent and give you an opportunity to win. You know, there are a lot of factors that go into why you would want flexibility while you're in your prime. Yep. But I do think him locking in shows you another side of him. But I, if I was his agent, I, I would have probably been like, let's get the four deal, the four year deal. Let's, let's come back to the table again in four years. You're right. in your prime. Let, let's go to work. Uh, he was talking about coming back to play in front of his home crowd, uh, and obviously playing, um, and going through the negotiations. And he said in his mind, he said, his quote, I'm sitting there like, I'm going to be a national. I'm going to be a national. They're going to make me an offer this week. We're going to build off that, and it's going to happen. I told Kayla's wife, be ready to go back. I flat out told her I was psyched. I was like, be ready to go back because if we can, we're going back. I was pumped. Their offer was 12 years, $250 million. Deferred till when? 2072. What? That's like a Baba Bonilla deal, like where it's just – which I don't know if I, I would want the money up front. I mean, they're not, I mean, I, I would take it if you said till 27, I get whatever number it is, but it's, it hasn't been done in forever. Yeah. You know? And the Bobby Bonilla contract always, it always comes up when he gets his million dollar bonus every year. Right. I think it's, I think it's coming up to the close to the time when it's going to end, but every time it's like these players are making less than Bobby Bonilla. That's crazy. And that would be like, that would definitely be the case for Bryce Harper type money. Uh, if he got that one. And he's well, I think a lot of this though, him saying he was going to be a national, I thought so. I think he's doing a little bit of damage control, like trying to make sure the fan base doesn't hate him that much. Yeah. Although he did admit he sent out a lengthy Instagram post and at the end of it, he did say, when I run on the field tonight, I'm sure to hear some boos, but I will always remember the cheers and the screams that are still with me right now as I start my new chapter. So for that, DC, thank you. Yeah. Anybody of his stature, any player of that magnitude that, that leaves. Uh, by their own volition in free agency and doesn't take the deal that the team's offered, as long as the deal is in the same ballpark, you're going to have your your fair share of booze, and, and that's okay. Good news is Phillies are 3-0, and and he's hitting three thirty three with a couple jacks, so he's having a pretty good start. Go. All right, welcome back to Canel and Bell, one of our best shows ever right here on a Tuesday. <laughs> 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 
Uh, real though, if you're watching us on CBS Sports HQ, go to our iTunes uh, page mm-hmm. where you can go subscribe and download, and then give us a review. Give us a five star review, mm-hmm. no matter what. Not today. Not Not well, today. Maybe they'll Not listen today. another time. Today. And if you're listening to the podcast, you can go check us out on CBS Sports HQ, or you can watch our clips on YouTube. We have full episodes on YouTube available, uh, and you can see some of the highlights of the show. I don't know if we're gonna have any. What a fire back! Can I look at some of the comments? And you got? Can we? Can we pull up some of the comments? <laughs> From I love the fire. Well, Do we get any bad ones? Oh, on Twitter? Because you can follow the account at Canel and Bell, which our boy Debo runs. He does a really good job replying to people yeah. all the time. Except they're always coming at me, they're coming which I don't like. <laughs> there was one the other day. All right, chill, Rod, chill. Oh, yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm, no, I'm, no, I want to read chill, that chill, one because it was chill, calling chill, me chill, out. Chill. What was our boy's name? I got to uh, – now, see, now you got me into this where I'm really <laughs> upset about this account <laughs> that took shots at me. I gotta find it. I'll find it when. All right, keep on track, dude. Where are we I'll going? Keep it on, on track. We got the Nuggets, Warriors. What do we have? We We're talking talk about LeBron James. We did talk about LeBron James. I'm trying now. Now you got me. All right. So it's essentially LeBron James said he's not going to play Listen in the World the Championships. Show. Listen, there's here we go from our man and Halo Eleven from Angel and Halo. Yeah, that's his All name. Right. On Halo, on on Halo Eleven. All right. Listen to show show almost every day. F's with Raja heavy. I think Danny a word. Cannell, I think Danny Cannell is bum quarterback for the Giants. <laughs> Don't value his opinion at all. All right, everybody, leave a rating except for on hell. Hey, on hell, I asked right. on hell too. We're good. <laughs> all right. So should LeBron play in the 2020 Olympics? I think doing? this is insane right now doing? for him to put more wear and tear on his body after all he's been through. He's he's already got gold medals, right? Um, yeah, no, he's definitely got. Well, what are, what are we doing? He shouldn't even consider playing. Um, take some time off. Well, I think. I think what he said was Pop is coaching in the 2020 Olympics and he would consider playing to play for Pop. Um, if LeBron, I think this factors on whether he's healthy or not next year and whether that's a success with the Lakers. If, if it's not and he's, and he's injured, off injured and they have another bad season and it, it comes to a whimper like it did this year, I don't think it would be a great look for him to play in the 2020 games. But if he gets healthy and they have a good year and he looks like himself again and he's still productive and, and he's not taking up a spot that would be better for someone else to have. And I would imagine his game wouldn't have fallen off to that degree at that point. I'm fine with LeBron playing. Uh, I think he absolutely, he's going to take this year off, obviously, when they go to the FIBA World Cup in China this summer. Like, I, I think the one thing that we're kind of overlooking is by shutting LeBron down now, and he's, they're not going to make the playoffs, obviously, he's going to have some time to get fresh. Like, to he's, get those fresh legs back. And if anybody needs it at his age, after the, like, the final streak, which he's been through, nine, like that's unreal. Unreal. And it's also an incredible wear and tear on his body. So now, I mean, now we have the graphic that says he's plans to film Space Jam two this summer. That's going to be pretty light lifting for him. I mean, it's not going to be that you know physical on him. It's not like he's going to sit and sit around all day. But I think this how many, mentally, physically, for him to hit the reset and kind of say, "All right, I need some time." How many straight finals? How many straight finals had he been to? It's nine, isn't it? Is it nine? Yeah. Let's say it were six. All right, let's just say six. It's eight straight. All right, it's eight straight. Okay. So he has played, you're talking about a season ending the beginning of April. Yeah. Okay. Versus the season ending the beginning of June. Right. Two months. He had effectively played a year. An extra four months more. An extra year and like a a basketball. Yeah. And they're probably, and you do tell me if I'm wrong. They're more intense. Oh, they're way more intense. It's a completely different animal. Uh, And so. You know, if anyone can get their body, I hadn't even factored that. It's a great point. Him having this amount of rest to get himself together and look like a different animal next year. I tell the story about me being with the Cavs and LeBron not looking like himself. I know I've told you this story before, and we were about to go on a road. We were headed to Phoenix or somewhere like that. We were going out west, and LeBron, David Griffin said, "Hey, man, LeBron's not going to be with you guys for the first two games of the trip. He's going to catch back up with us in Phoenix." Mm-hmm. 
okay, uh, why? He said, well, he needs to get his body together. So we're going to let him have some time to get his body together. He was just coming from Miami. He came back a week later and looked like a different animal. Physically looked like a different animal. And so he's that dialed into his body. Uh, and his training staff and the people around him are that dialed into what he needs to do. Give that man an extra month and a half two months to get himself right, he's going to come back looking good next year. And he's going to be on a mission. I mean, he's the, probably the, the most important thing he's going to do is trying to recruit, you know, Tampa or whatever you want to call it. He's going to try to get guys to go to his team <laughs> in some of that time. Uh, three-time gold medal winner, uh, 2008, 2012. Uh, oh, three-time medalist, two golds and a bronze in 2004 uh, for LeBron there. The, uh, the Nuggets are playing the Warriors tonight. The Warriors are eight-and-a-half-point favorite. Obviously, the number one seed is at stake for home court advantage. I don't think it even matters for the Warriors. Um, I wouldn't say it doesn't matter. I think that they would tell you it doesn't matter. I think that if you are that close to something and it's not going to take you out of your plan, like if you had a plan to get guys a certain amount of rest, I wouldn't alter that to necessarily chase the number one seed. But if this isn't taking you out of anything that you had planned to do, why not get the number one seed? You want, you want that number one seed. They'll might, they might tell you, yeah, we could beat Denver on like any surface in, in anyone's arena and they're probably right. But if you can get the number one seed, it matters. That's a home game. Home games do matter at the end of the day. I think this is an important game for Denver. Yeah, they, they, anytime you've got to go against the heavyweight mentally, because if they do have to face off them in the playoffs, they can at least go off this experience. Hey, we know we can beat them. I think the number says a lot about the game. I mean, I think that, that's, that's a that's huge how, number. How significant, uh, significantly better the Warriors are. Are you still buying that Houston is the the toughest out for the Golden State Warriors in the West? Just because I've seen it. Yep. Yeah. I, my OKC team that I thought could give them a run has been slumping. They've been playing bad basketball. You you're not going to beat Golden State if you're not a hot team. Um, and I think there's some matchup issues when, when they play Houston and there's, there's some proven, there's a proven track record for Houston against, against the Warriors. So I'm going to go with them. Uh, Denver is a team that I think people are told, like, it's sort of, I kind of put them in that category, like we were talking about Atlanta earlier. I think the, I don't know about the Suns, but because they've been so bad, but there's just a market that's just kind of gets slept on all sleepy, the time. Like, yeah. and I, I mean, I played football there, obviously, and went to a bunch of Nuggets games when Carmelo was there and it was fun, but they're just always kind of overlooked. Like I, but I don't think they're the second best team in the West. Well, they don't have they don't have that star power. They are a really. Do you remember the? It's interesting because Paul Millsap was on that team too. It was the Atlanta Hawks. They were the number one seed in the East. Yes, that was not. Yeah, yeah. They had like four or five all stars. It was yep. crazy. Kyle Korver was an all star. Millsap was on. Everybody was an all star. They, they weren't built for playoff success. I kind of feel this way about Denver, and I don't know that it's fair to Denver. Because Denver's proved me wrong every step of the way this year. I just feel like they don't have the dudes. They got a bunch of good players. Jokic is, yeah, it's fantastic. Like, but I don't feel like they have the dudes that you need in the playoffs to have playoff success. They proved me wrong. Prove me wrong. I, that's all I can say about that. All right. So we, we agree that the show sucked today. Yeah. And prove me wrong. I just said it twice. All I right. just, I am just no, limping no. in right no, now. We're, we're limping in. We're, we're going to end with a bang because we're going to make some people sad. The Nuggets are one and four against the spread in their last five games. They're 0 and four against the spread in their last four games, playing on one day rest. The Nuggets are on one day rest. Yep. Are we in Oracle? Yep. 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 Are you taking the Warriors laying eight and a half? Taking the Nuggets. I'm taking the Warriors. I'm fading you, you on go. that one. Tomorrow, you know, what we're going to do to infuse some life and energy into the show. 
we're gonna do a sneaker showdown. There we go. You better bring your A game because I've been. I got a. I got a nice little collection built. So we're only wearing the only the pair that are on yeah, our we'll feet. Wear or are we the bringing in a couple pairs. No, no, no. Like, one because we're on one pair. Okay. And it's bring your like you better bring an ace because I'm bringing. I'm bring, <laughs> I mean I'm bringing a good joker. one. And then we'll kind of do it on a weekly thing. Danny, you just bought a new I pair did. of sneaks. I've been told. So you're I setting got a me bunch. up. How long have you been waiting to do this? I know. I've yeah. Been all right. For a while. So that you have that to look forward tomorrow too. Don't forget to go to Canal and Bell. Send some shade at uh, Raja. Oh, sorry. Ha, ha, ha.